Hello, my name is Anne Nguyen, Senior Associate Conference Producer at Cambridge Health Tech Institute, and today we have a special podcast for the inaugural Oligonucleotide Therapeutics and Delivery Conference this April 4th through 5th in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We are very excited to have one of our program advisors and workshop instructor joining us, Dr. Dmitry Samarsky, Senior Vice President of Technology and Global Business Development at Olix Pharmaceuticals. Dmitry, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. My first question revolves around the challenges within this field, as the concept of utilizing nucleic acids for the development of novel therapies has been around for quite a while now, yet has not impacted the drug development landscape as much as small molecules or biologics. Given their obvious benefit of being able to dramatically expand target space, what major challenges have been encountered? First of all, I think we should keep in mind that small molecules and biologics have been around for a long while, small molecules probably for centuries and millennia and biologics later, and uh, the concept for oligonucleotide drugs showed up under sense much later, let's say the traditional conventional undersense drugs in the late 70s and RNAi was introduced in the late 90s. So, and the principles, the way antisense oligonucleotides work is a little different conceptually. So they do not attack pathogenic proteins or cells directly. They act indirectly. They attack the mRNAs, which lead to the malicious proteins. And the mechanism for these were not really clearly understood and introduced until later in the development of molecular biological approaches and understanding the molecular biology of protein production. So the antisense oligonucleotide, they can attack the mRNA and because of that they need to get inside the cell. So they're small and they're relatively easy by distribute inside the body. Biologics don't usually need to get inside the organs and the tissues and inside the cells, so they act on the outside. So with the oligonucleotide, you have the, the highest challenge. You These are big charged molecules that need to get inside the cell, and that's a big challenge. So the bottom line, if I want to summarize why that was a problem, it's a delivery. So essentially delivery of the oligonucleotide inside the cell, where they would produce the effect, they find transcripts, inactivate them. That's a major challenge, and that's what kept this technology from being materialized for a while. It seems as if there has been a resurgence of interest in the discovery and development of oligonucleotide therapies. Why do you think this is? Another way to ask that is, what has changed over the past few years? I don't think there is a single factor that would affect and change the situation, oligonucleotide drugs, rather multiple events. But in one word, if I would like to say that, it's that the technology has matured. So if you overall look at different technologies and different new discoveries, which eventually lead to new types of therapeutics or types of products, they usually go through through a curve. And there is an initial excitement about the new technology and discoveries, and then usually these initial excitement and not substantiated by the results and products and there is a disappointment period and then the technology gets to actually belongs and and if this is a vital technology then eventually it gets where it belongs and that's what I believe happened to antisense oligonucleotide technologies that they went through ups and downs and finally they get to this stage where it's becoming a mature technology and starts produce, producing good products and 
with oligonucleotides, it's a little bit more complicated because there are different types of oligonucleotides. The conventional antisense oligonucleotides, which were introduced in the 70s and were developed in the 80s, and then RNAi popped up in the late 90s and 2000s. So these curves sort of were overlapped on the top of each other. And, but as a result, RNAi and antisense technology are working side by side now and start producing interesting results. You're hosting a workshop during the upcoming oligonucleotide therapeutics and delivery conference, providing an overview of oligonucleotide therapeutics from discovery to manufacturing. Can you tell us more about this workshop? Who should attend this? What can they expect to learn during the workshop? So the workshop is planned to be carried out before the main conference, so we're certainly planning to give a nice introduction to the subject, the oligonucleotide delivery, the challenges, and sort of a one-on-one overview of this challenge. But we're probably going to go beyond that. I'm planning to have four or five top experts in different directions of oligonucleotide therapeutic development, and we will assemble a set of questions which will again talk about the fundamentals of the challenge but also will review the current status and the future challenges for the oligonucleotide development. And in this respect, I believe that the workshop would be useful and interesting to any person interested in oligonucleotide development from the early introductory level to, to the expert level. We'd like to end our podcasts with an outlook. Oligonucleotide therapeutic development seems to be evolving rapidly, but in your opinion, where do you see the greatest opportunities within the space over the next few years? That is a challenging question, of course. I could comment based on observations that I've been making for the last, I would say, two, three years. One interesting trend right now is that while initially a lot of delivery approaches were based on application of liposomes, different kinds of nanoparticles, people seem to deviate from this direction and rather focus on delivery approaches which uh, use the moieties built inside the molecule itself, the conjugate, the chemical modification, the particular configuration which allow molecules to get inside the cells and biodistribute in the body by themselves. So what I would foresee is that most of the therapeutic programs in the coming years would be mostly using the so-called naked molecules, which would not be delivered using some particular delivery vehicle. I can see that the Galnac conjugation that Omylam and Isis Ionis are using and several other companies and groups um, seem that this is going to be a big hit and different indications originating from liver. That's where the Galnac conjugates seem to biodistribute the best. So this, I think, is going to be a big direction and all possible indication connected with liver probably will be addressed in the coming years. And I personally would like to see more of uh, the use of delivery devices. And that's something, there are so many different approaches to develop macromolecules inside the body, and I don't see much of the synergy between the technologies that develop devices for delivery of macromolecules and the oligonucleotide field. So that would be interesting to see if that materializes at some point. I do not 
see the easy solution and application of oligonucleotides for oncological application. That's something that many people would like to see, but it's really difficult to get inside the tumors and distribute inside the cells. So the possibility that the alternative possibility that could be for oncological indication, ex vivo applications. So essentially taking cells and treating them outside of the body and using them as immune vaccines. So I think that's potentially an interesting and promising direction. Dimitri, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to your upcoming workshop at the Oligonucleotide Therapeutics and Delivery Conference this April. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. For those listening, thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to seeing you at the conference. Goodbye. Goodbye.